You're tuned to KZYX 90.7 FM Philo, KZYZ 91.5 FM Willits and Ukiah, and 88.1 FM Fort Bragg. Altogether, we are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio, streaming live at kzyx.org, and also available on our app. Stay tuned for Art Waves, a radio arts magazine aired on the third Tuesday of every month at 9 a.m. Mendocino Open Paintout was held in 2013. It was the brainchild of Dale Moyer and intended as a fundraiser for the Mendocino Arts Center. The Arts Center is an, an educational destination for artists and art enthusiasts, is our mission statement. So basically, the Arts Center is a teaching venue, and trying to figure out how to make that work was driving me crazy. And then I discovered that John Hewitt was involved in a lot of paint outs. And so I called him over and, and asked him if he'd like to help out with this. And I asked him how to do it. And he says, oh, just do it as an open. So it's, it's open to anybody of all experience levels. And it's first come, first serve. So we decided to make it an educational venue. Uh, we would bring in established plein air painters, and they are established name plein air painters. This year it was Jim Vicker, Natasha Eisenhower, and Juan Pena. And Juan does watercolor, Natasha does pastel, and Jim is oil. They come and, and they, the artists and all the artists of, of all levels, they come and get together and and then they go out and paint and they can go out and they can follow these featured artists, go out and paint with them. Uh, but the featured artists also are responsible for doing demos. So we have three nights of demos. Jim does one, Juan does the other, and Natasha does the other. And they're very well attended. And so there's our teaching tool. This year we had 55 participants. And the main thing we hear from them is they they love the camaraderie that they get here with and they communicate with each other they they question each other um they share which that doesn't happen normally (laughs) they they communicate with each other and they share their experiences they share their techniques they share whatever is going on and it's 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 a big party on a bright and sunny saturday morning in september 55 plein air artists gathered around the Ford House in Mendocino for a quick draw, the final competition of the week-long event. With only two hours to complete their paintings, the artists were working quickly, 
and didn't have much time to chat, but they were willing to talk a bit about the exhilarating experience. I'm Kathleen Gadway, and I paint in the Bay Area and also in Amador County in Volcano, California, and right now I'm loving being in Mendocino. <laughs> Did you choose this particular vantage point of no, the, um, of the uh, museum here? I did. The, we're all doing a quick paint, which means we have two hours, and we've been assigned this house, the Ford house. So we have to be somewhere in the vicinity of this house. Okay. And I chose this view because the sun was lighting up this side of the house, and I liked the shape of it. And so this was my choice. Okay, After and the sun's walking. moved since you started. The sun has moved, but I, have, I put my shadow in first. <laughs> Oh, this is cool. And you chose a whole nother vantage point here where you got part of Main Street. And... Right. Yeah. So my name's Erin Dirtner, and I lived on the coast for 33 years. I raised my kids here and have been part of the art scene and galleries and the art center, teaching and taking classes and selling work and reproductions and all that kind of stuff from 1986 until the year 2000. 2020 and uh, now I live in Southern California because my kids both defected to that part <laughs> and so we live in Ventura County uh, close to LA but not in LA and I'm just thrilled to be back here I love the Art Center I love the um, Mendocino open paint out I was involved in all the first years and I've just missed the last few so I'm thrilled to be here and I know and love this coast and this town and I couldn't be happier. Tell me why you like plein air. What's fun about this? Oh, you just get involved in the the feeling in the air, the the spirit of a place if you're sitting in it. It's completely different than painting from a photo and you get to see colors that don't translate by the camera like on uh, photos their darks are often just black but in real life they're deep reddish purplish bluish you know brownish anyway so it's very important to be out and observe and uh, sketch and paint and immerse yourself in the the experience of painting outdoors mm. hi I'm Susan Otten and I'm one of the plein air painters here today at uh, the Mendocino Paint Out. And we're painting the Ford House, so I'm tackling it with a watercolor. Oh, I love, I love all these different vantage points and the different Isn't media that people are using. Yeah. It's really fun. It is. Is this your, your usual medium? No, it isn't. I'm usually an oil painter. I have done some watercolor, but I struggle with it a little bit. So today, this is a new adventure. I see, a challenge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and do you live here? No, I'm from uh, uh, San Pablo in the East Bay. So have you come here before? I was here last year for the first time. My husband and I moved to California about four years ago, and I heard about this through another participant, and I came up, and it's just so beautiful. I just love being out here and painting in plein air. 
Yeah, what, what's special about plein air? What, what do you like about uh, it? I think you can capture a lot more in the environment because you're sensing the air, the atmosphere, just the surroundings. And sometimes photographs can't capture all that. So hopefully some of that that you're taking in with all of your senses gets translated onto the painting. Oh, so you're you're in a some completely different place. Are you are you is this part of this Yeah, it just has to be in this particular area and uh, around the um, fort house and yet a lot of people are painting the buildings and everything mm -hmm. and I was kind of attracted by the steeple uh -huh. I painted it before but not from this um, vantage point so that's why I chose it and it's in the shade so I don't have to worry about the sun uh, and particularly on my um, on my canvas or my board because uh, when you get a glare of the sun it can really distort what you're doing so mm -hmm. so it works for me Great. And, and what's your name and where are you from? Uh, Trish Orchard from Mendocino. Oh, you're, yeah. you're local. I'm you're local. the first local yeah. I've spoken to. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm glad, glad to speak to you. And which medium are you using? I'm using uh, oil paints and it's on board, actually. It's a canvas board, which I find uh, easier to work with, lightweight, and the, uh, uh, the sun doesn't come through. Sometimes that's a problem with canvas, too. So... Uh, it really works well for me. Uh -huh. Easy to frame, too. And I heard there are only two hours to do this. That's right. <laughs> where, where are you at? And uh, I'm going to let you go in a second. That's okay. Uh, half hour left. Why do you like plain air? I don't think I asked I you found that, that when, I, when I first started with plain air, I used to paint in the studio from photographs. There's just a, an immediate freshness um, when you do plain air. You see colors better. Um, you kind of have to walk uh, work fast because the sun's always changing what you're seeing. But, but you really get a better, a better um, outlook on what anything is in nature or buildings or anything like that because you really see it firsthand, you know, through your own eyes. And I find it exhilarating, frankly. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You could tell me your name and where you're from. Where's my trusty name card here? <laughs> badge. Need they, to check they that. They want out. us to wear. So, Rick Ingram, I'm out of Modesto. Okay. And why would you come up here and, and do this? Sorry. I like plain air, and uh, I do it all the time. And this is quote unquote a competition, but it's really pretty casual. Be up here with a lot of kindred spirits, talk about art for a week. Yeah, can't beat it. And then the weather's been. Oh, isn't it fabulous? Yeah, yeah it's been yeah. great. Yeah. So you do a lot of plein air, you say? Yeah, we have along different groups down in Central California, the Bay Area and stuff. And we set dates and go out and uh -huh. just paint. And then go in the evening, go out for Mexican food and a couple <laughs> adult beverages, and we're good. Great. That's a great day. Yeah. And are you working, what medium are you in? Uh, this is oil here. I started laying a foundation of acrylic, and then I go in with oil. Okay. I, a lot of people are using oil. Is there a real a big reason for that? Um, well, my well opinion, you can tell it's your very reason. very forgiving. It is. Oh. Uh, Jamie over there is doing watercolor. That, you know, once that, watercolor, once the watercolor it. seeps into that paper, you're limited. Yeah, Jamie is. Sorry. And uh, with oil, if I don't like something, I'll just scrape it off. Uh-huh. And then you know, put it down. And then bye-bye. So. There it goes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I know it's all in the vicinity here of the Ford House. 
Um, yeah, and you just is... chose a whole different place to focus on. Yeah, this is the last day, and they have what they call a quick draw or a quick paint. And so we have two hours. Oops. In fact, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get to it. <laughs> <All> <laughs> How's right. that for a nice segue to the yeah, next artist? Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, he sick me on you. Have to keep working. So you're working in watercolors, and oh, tell me your name and where you're from. I'm. Uh, my name is Jamie Morgan. I'm from Oakland, California. Is this what your else? first time here? No, this is my fifth. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's fun. That's why I keep coming back. Mm -hmm. And why do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy plein air in particular? I, I do. I've been doing the plein air for some time, and um, but I like the this particular event because uh, the, just the people. It, it's a, it's just a really well organized event. Not you know they. I don't know if you know plein air, but um, basically there's there's so many different types of events and they organize them differently. Why did you choose watercolor? Are you always a watercolorist? Or? Yeah, I've been doing watercolors for uh, 40 plus years. So, yeah, you know, it, it's a, it was a challenge to me. I like to be able to keep, I don't know, building, you know, proficiency and whatnot. Are, are there any particular challenges? On, on a watercolor outside or well it's probably easier in many ways than oils or pastels because <laughs> you, you know it's more conducive to the to the outdoors except for if it rains god forbid <laughs> you know yeah yeah okay well thanks so much <laughs> my name is thomas Brigard from timber cove california is this your first time up here thomas um, it's my first time in this competition, but I come up through here quite often. Uh -huh. so I'm only two hours south of here. And um, do you enjoy plein, plein air in particular? Yeah, that's kind of my favorite way to paint is out in the open air rather than inside. It's kind of fun to be out in the elements and uh, get to see lot of the world doing that. Yeah? Yeah. And are you working in oils? This is oil. Yeah. 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 11 by 14 linen. Okay. And we're in a little competition, so we've only got about 20 minutes left. I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you yeah. alone. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for stopping over. Yeah. Hi. KZYX. I'm just doing interviews about the plein air competition. Oh. Oh, you've done a whole nother deal here now. I've never seen, of course, everyone has a different vantage point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm from Gold Beach, Oregon, and I'm just having a great time plein air painting. <laughs> What's your name? Tammy Delaney. Is this your first time here, Tammy? A first time plein air painting here, but I visited once years ago, but all I do is this type of painting, oh. so... I thought I would just go for it. Yeah, cool. It's just so interesting to see what people have chosen to, to portray. Yeah, just trying to keep it interesting, you yeah. know, for me. 
you know, painting the bluffs and a lot of the ocean all week and the winery. I went up and did one of the wineries yesterday, so I thought today I'd tackle one of the iconic water towers. <laughs> cool. Well, I know everybody's in a hurry. Uh, why? Well, just tell me uh, why, why you like plein air. I like working fast. I like being out in the elements and kind of the crazier the weather, the better because it makes me not overthink what I'm doing. Uh-huh. And sometimes my first instinct is the best one uh-huh. on, on the paintings. How about the two-hour limit? How do you feel about that? That's long for me. Oh, okay. I, I usually, probably about an hour and a half okay. is usually, because after that the lighting's just changed way too much. And so it, it kind of just changes everything. So right. I like to lay in the shadows and the lights first and then just do it and get it done. Okay, thanks so much. All right, thank you. Am I your next victim? Yes, you are. I'm coming yeah. right toward you. So tell me your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Stephen Berry. I'm from Vallejo, California. Uh-huh. Is this your first time doing this? No, it's probably like my fifth. I've been here many years. Uh-huh. And what medium are you working in? I'm working in watercolors. Yep. And you, you turned your back on the Ford building. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I did. I wanted, um, I don't paint a lot of architecture. I just find the natural landscape more compelling. And uh, I felt like in two hours, you can paint something loose. It's hard to paint the architecture loose. And I like this foggy hillside. So mm. focusing on the hillside. What do you like about plein air? Uh, I love being outdoors, so I've spent the week camping, as an example. Um, and I often find that um, photographs change the colors and the values, and so you see different things when you're using your eyeballs instead of using the camera. So I use the camera, of course, like when I'm not out, because I can't go paint every day. But if I can go paint plein air, you're often seeing things you don't see from a photo. Like right. a photo is its own eye, eyeball, so it's changing things. From this vantage point, you could have done the ocean, but I you couldn't. didn't. I didn't, but at the time it was very, very flat and gray. There was no light out when we started. But this direction for the hills, there's the, the tree lines are stacking. Yep. So there was an experience of depth that I thought was interesting. So that's, that's why I painted the hills. If it had looked like this when I started... At 11, I might have painted the ocean. <laughs> okay. But it didn't look like that then, so you got to stick with what you got. All right. Thanks so much. You're welcome. My name is Emmanuel Pantaleon. I'm from San Diego, California. Okay. Mm -hmm. And is this your first time here? Yeah, this will be my first time. I came here with a couple friends over here and uh -huh. just traveled to join the competition. Cool. The company. And uh, so you are the first person I've seen who actually has a person in your painting. And... and so was he, he was here and now he's gone or? Yeah, he was just chilling there for uh, about like an hour, an hour and a half. And uh -huh. like, I don't know where he went. I'm waiting for him to sit back down. <laughs> My time. In that exact same position. <laughs> okay, well that's interesting. Yeah. It's, he was just here when you arrived and that was just your choice. Yeah, he decided to pause because I think we got, we're on a timer right now. Everybody's yeah. here to uh, speed paint. He sat down. He had a dog too. We just, I decided to paint them. Yeah. Oh, cool. Subject. Yeah, not? yeah, I like it. Um, well, are you working what, in oils? or? Yes, yes, this is oil. Okay, and and do you do a lot of plein air? Uh, recently, I started doing a lot this year. 
I thought it'd be, you know, it's fun. Playing's always good. It's always good to paint outside. Yeah. I call this actually a look. And it's fun. Yeah. You know. Okay. I paint a lot in the studio, but <laughs> so I needed to go outside for a while. Yeah. It's a different thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's very different. Yeah. A lot of, I grew, I learned painting digit, you know, on the computer or iPad. It's very different from painting with oils. Like, not this, you would think it'd be the same, but it's not. And I enjoy this a lot more, to be honest. Yeah, it's much more tactile, obviously. Yeah. You get yeah. some feedback in your hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks so much. Yeah, you got it. No problem. The Art Center solicits prizes from sponsors and bestows a number of awards in a variety of categories. One category was Best Water Scene, and that was sponsored by Trish and Trevor Orchard. And... Um, they offered a cash prize for that. And then there was, of course, Best of Show. And that was won by Ryan Jensen for his painting of Happiness, which was a painting uh, he did in Noyo Harbor. And uh, really exciting painting. And there is uh, the Best Collection which is basically over the week you put paintings on the wall and um, the most consistent collection, you know, style, painting, and everything else is also a, a major award. And that was run by Carol Tarzier. Um, and she's from Oakland. And, uh, she's actually moving to the area. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and the best water scene was won by Catherine Fasciato. And then, then there's there's the best oil, best watercolor, best acrylic and mixed media, and then best pastel. And each one of the judges would, would actually all three of the judges would pick those categories. And then the honorable mentions, the, the three judges had a pick of first, second, and third honorable mention that they personally felt was were warranted, and so there was how many three nine honorable mentions. Oh, so they each they each chose three. Uh-huh. Yeah, we also offer an early board to get encourage people to put things on the wall really quickly early in the week because we started out with blank walls, and so early bird award for the best painting, best first day of painting. And that, that went to Sterling Huffman. And uh, the best quick draw went to McKenna Carp, who is very young. I, I interviewed her. Hi. Oh, you have the same man. Yeah. Okay. Can I talk to you for a few minutes? Yep. Um, so could you tell me your name and, and where you're from? Um, I'm McKenna Carp. I'm from Wichita, Kansas. Oh, wow. Uh, we drove up from San Diego, but <laughs> that's where I'm I'm from. Uh-huh. And um, so when you arrived, this 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 man was sitting here mm-hmm. and his dog. Yeah, I think some, <laughs> some lady was walking a dog for her friend, so they just came over and sat down for an hour. Okay. Well, this is cool. And are you are you working in oils? Yep, all oils. Yeah. And and do you do much um, much plein air? Um. Yeah. I try to go like once a week. I've been 
doing it for probably three years now. And why do you like it? Um, I like being outside a lot. Uh, I like hiking. I feel like it combines two of my interests. Um, yeah, art, art and being outside. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All of the plein air paintings were displayed at the Art Center, with 60% of sale proceeds going to the artist and the rest to the Art Center. Beyond this year's $15,000 in sales the Art Center received, the event garners goodwill in the artist community locally and all over the country. It's great to see it growing every year, and we've had, I'd say, it's been a pretty steady, you know, 50% return. Um, some people have been with us six or seven years. Um, it's great to see them every year. It's, um, yeah, Monday mornings at registration from 8 a.m. to 10. It's just a wonderful madhouse of 55 people coming in to, to register and, and uh, get going, get their, get all the paperwork done and, and get, um, and that's, that's, and th thanks to Janice Porter and, and uh, Erica uh, Island, and they, they really organized that beautifully and they organized the gallery. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of thanks to our volunteers. And um, uh, yeah, we had a, had a good, good crop of volunteers this year. The best thing is, you know, just seeing these people come back smiling every year and they leave just smiling and saying, wow, see you next year. Margaret Paul is the owner of Cloud Nine, a new art gallery in Fort Bragg, featuring seven artists, watercolorist Nancy Collins, fine woodworker Otis Schmidt, oil and acrylic painter Barry Marshall, sculptor Bob Spies, photographer Larry Wagner, acrylic painter Karen Neely, and jewelry maker Margaret Paul herself. We recently toured her gallery as Margaret talked about the art, her gallery philosophy, and the welcoming atmosphere of Fort Bragg. I'm Margaret Paul. I'm the proprietor of Cloud Nine Art Gallery here on Franklin Street, 320 North Franklin in Fort Bragg. And how long have you been open, Margaret? We had our grand opening on July 7th, and uh, we are off to a great start with uh, seven artists, four 2D and three 3D, and uh, couldn't be happier. Wonderful group of fellow merchants along this stretch, this block of uh, Franklin, and could, they're so helpful, have been all along, and I just feel filled with gratitude for how well this has all come together because of everybody's support and help. That's great, and tell me just a bit about your background. Well, just a quick overview. Born in Hartford, Connecticut, been going west ever since. 
when I was a graduate student at University of Virginia thinking I wanted to teach philosophy in college, I suddenly jumped ship and joined Pan American for two and a half wonderful years of traveling the world. Then I taught for 27 years, fourth graders, and always coming out to Fort Bragg. I lived in Oroville in tremendous heat every summer to escape it. We'd come to wonderful Fort Bragg and fish and cool off. After that, when I retired, I mean, there was just a no-brainer, move here. So all within one month, I sold the house in Oroville and bought a house here. And I've been here 23, going on 24 years now, and it's a thrill. And uh, this has been a great experience, and boy, I've felt that sense of community every step of the way. And somebody just spent a couple hours with me rearranging some of the furnishings and storing things and figuring out configurations and things that would look good. And it was just, this is just typical. It, it just happens all the time. Some other friends grow and in, on my yard, these gorgeous dahlias and uh, colorful flower arrangements bring them in on a regular basis. And, and I just love it. I, I named it Cloud Nine because I truly have been feeling like I'm on Cloud Nine <laughs> since I started this. And uh, I think I needed to just call the shots to create my vision of what I think an art gallery should look like. And I was fortunate to find six other artists that I think are at the top of their game, selling only originals. Let's take a little tour. Sure, sure. These five watercolor paintings by Nancy Collins, all originals, three of which I believe she did just for our opening. The spectacular one in the middle is of three ravens, and it is, it is just magnificent. She has a cute title for it. More than a Congress, it's a family. <laughs> so it looks like a mom and her two kids. And, and only Nancy Collins can make a turkey vulture look good. And this one, she really captures the, the colors and the, with the light in a magnificent way. It's beautiful. You can see the light coming through the feathers, and it's amazing. And this is work of Otis Schmidt. And he is an amazing, he calls it architectural woodworking. And there are just maybe a thousand or more pieces in that little less than two foot by two foot. Uh, it just boggles your brain how he ever did it. And people ask him all the time, you know, how long did it take you to make these? He says, 50 years. Because <laughs> the development of the skills necessary takes at least that, and that's how long he's been at it. Wow. And uh, this is an interesting piece. It really is architectural. And uh, he calls it dystopia, I believe. Yes, dystopian dream. And it's got different textures and uh, orifices that go all the way through. And I didn't notice that till just by accident I happened to peek and I realized that. Hi. <laughs> and. Uh, this one's a different, a different yeah, no, one. That's, I, that's is, a gorgeous one as totally well. It's totally different. It's the only softwood. It's fir. And all the rest are exotic or domestic hardwoods. Mm -hmm. So it is a whole different grain and everything. Uh, studying it, I think they're individual pieces. You have to see them to believe it. I mean, it's just amazing. And then Karen I met while I was still a member of Edgewater. She came in and gave me this magnificent business card that was a misty view with some building homes in the forefront and the Golden Gate Bridge hovering in the background. 
and it was the most stunning business card I had ever seen, and I kept it. And then when I opened the gallery, she was the first call I made. I said, would you like to be in our gallery? And she said, absolutely. And she painted that just for the gallery. Yeah. And uh, these are all originals. Again, I want to stress all of our 2D art is original. Uh, we can't call photographs original, but all the paintings are. Uh, and then these pieces, her sister is a professional photographer. And so she took these wonderful otter pictures, and uh, Karen used those as the basis for her. Oh, they're such paintings. charming animals, aren't they sweet? And that comes through. In this, yeah. In this well, class. I hear they're pretty nasty. Well, but they look awful sweet. <laughs> I've seen them waving from the ocean. I mean, Are you kidding? Of, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, they they can huh. they can turn on the charm if they want yeah. to. I guess. Oh, I guess. Well, this is an interesting work because I didn't realize it right away, but it, uh, the colors of the rocks and the colors of the pelican are identical, and it's all in what you do with them. <laughs> and, and then that wonderful, rich cobalt mm, background of the see. ocean yeah. is just, that is a masterwork in my judgment. I love it. And then over here, is a former gallery owner in Pacific Grove, and he also uh, was shown, uh, his work was shown in uh, Carmel, one of the better galleries. They're impressionistic. He started with oils, and he got tired when he tried to ship things and how long it took them to dry. So he mastered um, making acrylics look like oils. Uh -huh. And so he got to keep his favorite milieu, but he changed the um, material and, and made it what he wanted it to be. And, and is uh, he the one who has the studio? He has a studio in the back, which I'll show, which I'll show you. So, and he also paints back there. And I'm going to start making jewelry in here because I can do the hard part, the forming the pieces. And then where I need the heavy equipment, I just go home and finish them, mm -hmm. you know. So that's kind of exciting. I brought in some things. I'm going to start tomorrow making jewelry in here for anybody that comes by, have a look. <laughs> we want to look at Bob Spee's uh, sculptures. That's a cast aluminum sculpture entitled Torso 6. Torso 6, Roman numeral, yes. And it looks good from any angle. It's really a curious, interesting piece. And it sort of transforms as you walk around. Uh -huh. And this was one of his favorites that recently retrieved from a show, major show in Los Angeles. And you can see the Picasso. It has a, it's called La Parisienne, and it's a, a beautiful sculpture. And that's one of his favorites. It's also cast aluminum. It is cast aluminum, yeah. yes. And this one is solid bronze. And oh, you don't ever no. want to try to lift it. No, it I'm weighs. not going We to. tried to move this. It took two people, and we moved it a foot, and we said, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is called Oracle Two, and uh, it's mounted on beautiful onyx and solid bronze. And the two in the window are brand new that he brought in just because he was featured artist. And 
just love his work. It, people stop and they just really yeah, examine. It's very, very eye-catching. And yeah. well, I came to his opening and he gave a little talk. And I asked him why he was drawn to these kind of primitive kinds of sculpture. I remember your question. And he said because he had seen some work that had been done 10 or 15,000 years ago. Yes, uh-huh. And that he found it moving and yeah. emotional. Right, and he that made a was, connection. Yeah, yeah, and that was why he, he wanted to pursue it. It was not the answer I, I expected. Well, what a good question, though. It drew out something we would have really never found unexpected. out. Yeah. And this is Larry's work, and he, he just sold a large... The, I call it gathering of pelicans, and it was right off his deck. He lives right on the ocean's edge, and uh, he was thrilled with that uh, photograph. It looks so much like a painting. I just slipped and almost called it a painting, mm -hmm. and and he sent me an email with an image of it. I said, "Bring it to the gallery right away," and he did, and it, it sold rather quickly. Ah. <laughs> and uh, so he replaced it with that one, and then this bird. Uh, white-tailed kite he wanted to get so much a picture of it just about to take off in flight and he was studying it it was just sitting with the wings down on this post and all of a sudden a, a large turkey vulture landed right on the ground below it and boom the wings came up and he was there and he oh, caught it's it. amazing isn't photo. that a great shot yeah and i love the light play how that green pops out and the darks and the lights and the waves. And that's the Mendocino Bay, the high surf coming in in a storm, crashing against the waves. It's so dramatic. I love it. And uh, Larry's real excited. He's featured artist next month. And what he's going to do, a, 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 a variation from anything he's had so far, he's going to use a lot of images from other all different places and use, just completely letting his imagination go to create brand new different unusual oh, things scapes yeah, yeah scapes and he said he and he sent me one again i can't wait to see his show it's going to be good and then my jewelry yeah I, let's I, talk about this yeah i start with when i do the fine silver the 0.999 fine silver it's created from a material called precious metal clay a little misleading in the name because it's not actually clay, it's pure silver mixed with clay-like additives at which burn off when you fire and then you wind up with the .999. But I, having been a ceramicist for about 10 years prior to making jewelry, I love working with clay and texturizing it. So I'm really doing the same thing now with my precious metal clay jewelry using crochet and all kinds of different things just my own hand it's really fun to make those are all the uh, fine silver that are made by hand and then in this other case are sterling silver flatware jewelry so they're made from knives and forks and sugar tongs and things like that and even up here those are those well oh, that one gold one i sent that pattern, the Reed and Barton Cow Lily pattern, to a master mold maker in Albuquerque. And I said, make it in 14 karat gold. They sent him a whole oh. bunch of my old necklaces. Most of them were 18 karat. He said, it didn't quite, because you threw some 14 in there. He said, it didn't quite equal 
the 18, so I had a stamp at 14, but that's why it looks like 18 carat. Oh, yeah, Because it's actually clo much closer to 18 than 14. It's a oh, gorgeous. I've, I've had about seven of them, and I've, this is the last one. <laughs> last man standing, they have all the rest of sold. Tell me about how, how you think of an art gallery. There's so many different ways you could approach it. Well, I think it is not how much you can get into a given space. I think my theory is, and when I saw this, it went right along with it, is get as much space as you possibly can and then never overdo with the artist. Keep it seven, six, seven, possibly eight, no more. Um, and I've got like 1,500 square feet here and uh, four 2D artists. So that tells you. I like spread out. Mm -hmm. So people can look at art close up. They can look at it from a distance. Um, and they can actually look at a given piece. It's not crowded by all these other things. And then the internal space, the floor space, the 3D space, I'm very fussy about that. I, I like this whole double row just clear. Yeah. And then a few pedestals there and there, but open spaces where, again, you can stand back from things, look close. Do you ever move an artist out and move someone else in? Oh, or how are you going to work that? That's a good question. What I did is I invited the six other artists to sign a year's contract. And um, most of them have been really good about rotating their work and changing their displays. And uh, at the end of a year, we'll talk about how it went, what, what they think about it, and where, what they want to do. And, and what I want to do. But I, I thought it would give it some stability. I had such top-notch people. I don't really, didn't really want a lot of turnover. And I, I wanted to kind of an organization to it all and they don't pay anything like in a co-op they don't they don't pay anything for showing the work but they get a 60 percent commission for anything sold which beats the going rate by five to ten percent uh -huh. and i i wanted to do that as a like incentive to get really good people so you're of an age which i fully sympathize <laughs> with and resonate with how did you think about this chapter of your life, and what was what was motivating you? It's a pretty big leap you're taking, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, I've always loved projects and challenges. I go from project to project, and this is a big one, but um, I don't ever allow myself to get bored or, or feel like I'm in a rut. I'll do whatever it takes. And I guess at this point in my life, it took this to to keep me you know, really excited about each day and what I was going to do and the people I'd meet. I, I've met such wonderful people. Just wandering in locals uh, have been a big part of the sales and everything, and I just can't tell, tell you how grateful I am for that. They've really discovered us, and uh, boy, that feels good. Tourists, you know, they're heavy in the summer and lighter the rest of the year, but um, I feel very positive about being here at this point in time and making it work.
El Día de los Muertos is a Mesoamerican celebration where families and entire communities get together to remember those that are not here with us anymore. The tradition is popular in Central American countries and it dates back to the Aztec Empire. People believe that during this time of the year, the veil between the living and the dead is thinner and it's the time to reconnect with family members, friends and people important in our lives by building altars, ofrendas and visiting cemeteries to place food, drinks, flowers and other objects on the tombs of the dead. In recent years, the traditions have gained worldwide popularity with blockbuster movies that have made El Día de los Muertos a part of the October celebrations in the United States and other countries. Here in Art Waves, we recognize the importance of art and culture to bring communities together, so we spoke with the organizers of El Día de los Muertos at the Mendocino College in Ucaya. Victor, uh, this is Juvenal, and uh, we started the Día de los Muertos Uh, 11 years ago, which we started in 2013, with the idea of bringing cultural tradition here to to the campus, including uh, campus-wide uh, staff, students, and also the community. The idea is to learn to bring cultural traditions, food, altares, ballet uh, folklorico, Aztec dancers, to remember our loved ones that are no longer here with us. And uh, it has been a very successful event for 11 years uh, that, uh, you know, the district, which uh, or I would say the management here has a strong support of this program moving forward. And also I embrace them, I embrace the staff, this working hard, committee members to bring this to the college, to the community. And I also, uh, you know, very happy to have a stronger support also from the community. Tell me a little bit what the committee does. Like when you get together and start planning this event, what, what do you think about and, and what's going to happen this year? So what we normally do, everybody has a task, an assignment, a responsibility, and we all work hard to put this event together. I would say we have people that focus in the altars, you know, working with them, working with the department, with students, with faculty to see how many altars we can put together. We have a few uh, meeting members that work with getting food vendors. We have a few members that work in press release. We have a few members that work with the entertainment. We have a few members that work with piñatas. Uh, so everybody, we all have a task here and appreciate that. The support is to, to uh, you know, to work together as a team to put this great event together. Hi, so um, this is Nayeli from nursing. This is my first year um, on the committee. I started with the college less than a year ago. Uh, so this is my first time I'm uh, attending the weekly meetings. Um, everybody's doing their part. Uh, we follow the agenda from the year prior and uh, basically outline what needs to be done and everyone just speaks up. And um, depending on the amount of resources that they have with the community, there's people that are board members and other projects. Um, if they have enough, um, if they know of enough people and can channel those resources to make the projects happen and they kind of assign themselves those tasks. And uh, what kind of events are you going to have this year? 
Yolanda Vasquez. Basically, what we do is we follow an agenda. Um, we have um, an MC speaker that's kind of like representing the event and announcing like the food vendors, um, altars, and basically we have a little agenda uh, that we have. It's like a, um, we, we start off with um, a little um, information about the event uh, just to inform the community. And then we, um, we have um, food vendors along. And then in addition to that, we have um, dancers from space, Baila Folclorico de Niños, and um, the older um, Baila Folclorico from the Mendocino campus. And in addition, we also invite the president and the VP to basically, you know, just give a little intro and um, information about the event. And then we we have piñatas for the for the kids, and um, and then we have a grupo. So each year we try to uh, bring different uh, bands to to present or you know to just entertain mm -hmm. the community and to dance. And in addition, we also have ASIC dancers, and then that's pretty much what we do. And you mentioned you have some altars? Yes, oh, of course, yeah, we have altars. And, and do you create those or is the community working on the altars? So the altars is um, created by um, Mendocino College students. We also have programs here at the Mendocino College. Um, and uh, in addition, we open it up to the community so they can uh, come up and, you know, set up an altar of their loved ones and um, other outside community programs such as UVA, uh, Blue Zone, and um, just any other uh, programs. Can anybody tell me a little bit about the experience from the past years? I mean, it's been 11 years. This is just, you can call it a tradition now. So tell me a little bit how it's been experienced in the past, how uh, people get informed, if you get how many people attend, and, and what are you expecting this year? Jacqueline Orozco, High School Equivalency Program Director. Um, we have been um, uh, doing these events uh, for uh, many years, uh, 11 years, um, but we had we had a break because of COVID, of course. And uh, but I mean, all the events that we have been organizing for Dia de los Muertos is very successful, uh, diverse. Uh, because uh, it's not just for Latinos; it's for everyone. Uh, we have a, a diverse community, and we would like to be inclusive. inclusive. Um, uh, as Yolanda mentioned, we invite the community to come and create a, a, an altar, of, an ofrenda. And then, uh, for example, we invited the Buddha temple, that the school over there. Uh, we invite uh, different organizations uh, that they come and create an altar to honor their uh, loved ones who pass away. And, uh, and people come uh, from, uh, we have uh, different activities uh, because, uh, as I mentioned, uh, we would like to be inclusive uh, and this event is for everyone mm -hmm. in, in our community. Uh, we have normally get anywhere between well, around 400 people. Last year, we probably had about the same, about four, four and a half uh, people. And then as far as altares, we have about uh, 20 at this point. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure last year we had 26, so I'm pretty sure this year uh, we will have uh, about the same or maybe a little bit less. El Día de los Muertos is becoming way more popular, like Disney movies is 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 is, is becoming part of the fabric of the uh, American experience. Is is yes. do you think that that's also happening in Ukiah in Mendocino County? Like people are considering this as Halloween and Día de los Muertos are are uh, holidays that go together now. Things like everybody's now bringing the other Muertos into the high school, into the schools, into the communities. And uh, I think we were one of the first ones that started the other Muertos here and it's very, very successful. And I don't know if it's because of what you're saying about Coco, the movie, other movies that are coming uh, together. But I think that's a big push too, to bring that. I think our focus was mainly to, to be awareness, to bring. Uh, or traditions into who we are, you know, as far as food, as far as uh, Aztec dancing, which is all cultural tradition. And as far as tradition, that's what I call it, bring the tradition here. So we are a tradition. The other Muertos has become a tradition here at the, on campus. Mm -hmm. I forgot to mention that, uh, that to the, I mean, this year that the altar, the altares are going to set up for, for, I mean, so this year, basically, we're going to start setting up the altares. They're going to be basically on the 20, which is Friday, uh, Friday, October 20, from 10 to 5. And then we will continue that on uh, on, on Monday and Tuesday from 10 to 5. And then uh, Wednesday, the day at the event, uh, it's going to be from 9 to 2. And the altares are going to be uh leave there until friday the 27th so this is something new this uh this year that we're doing uh, the committee brought it up and we are going to honor that and if somebody wants to participate in the altares uh, what do they need to bring first what they can do is they need to reach out to us uh there's a number there's two for the altares they can call 707-468-3115 for same thing for, or they can call 707-468-3105 if they want to do altar or, uh, or an altar or have a they can call uh, uh, those two phone numbers that I just gave you mm -hmm. uh, so yeah that's, and then we'll basically we will provide them with a table we will provide so they will basically need to bring uh, the items what we normally ask them is to like pick a theme and then just build it up uh, if they're not sure they can send us an email or call us and then we can send them an email there's great information that we have put together uh, that shows them exactly how to build an altar in the meaning of the altar. So Dia de los Muertos will, will be on Wednesday, October 25th from 4 to 8 p.m. And uh, we have great entertainment. And uh, if uh, we have community members or anybody from the community that wants to build an altar, feel free to contact as soon as possible so we can save you a table. Uh, the number again is 707-468-3115 uh, or 707-468-3105 and contact Juvenal or Yolanda Vasquez. For our waves, I'm Victor Palomino. Hasta la próxima. For our waves, I'm Marty Durland. 
Join me and Victor Palomino on Tuesday, November 21st at 9 a.m. for another edition. If you'd like to be featured, let us know about your art event or project. And if you're interested in contributing a work of art or a service to our online auction in November, email me at marty at kzyx.org, M-A-R-T-Y at kzyx.org, and I'll let you know how. Victor Palomino composed and performed our musical theme. Thanks for listening. 